coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at my bookie we are about to give you our very first picks of the week of the 2023 season so don't waste any more time go to mybookie.ag right now press pause you can always come back to the pod it will take you about a minute and a half maybe to sign up for an account again mybookie.ag use the promo code uga if you are a brand new user when you sign up for a new account and you'll get a 50 percent bonus on your very first deposit so take advantage of this while you can guys it's not going to be around forever i promise you that it'll be around for a couple more weeks so if you let this deal go by without taking advantage of it you are leaving money on the table again mybookie.ag use that promo code uga but all right guys i am your host tyler and just like last year charlie is going to be joining me at the end of each week to make our picks of the week. It was a very tight race last year, but I did at the very end narrowly edge Charlie out during bowl season with a 61% win percentage to Charlie's 59%. So very, very tight. Charlie, you were a very worthy foe last year. I, I'm not going to gloat. I'm not. It was, it was a very close contest, but... Seems like you're gloating. I mean, maybe a little bit. There was a time, I'm not going to lie, there was a time last year where I was like, oh my God, I'm about to lose. I'm going to lose because I think like maybe week 12 or 13, you were up by one percentage point and I had a pretty good bowl season. That's kind of what put me over the top. So it was close. It was tight. Do you have what it takes to take me down this year? Mm, quite possibly. Redemption season? Mm, I'll do my best. We'll see. We'll see about that. Charlie. I might have something to say about that. But it was a tight rate last year and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it again this year. The rules of this very basic concept are simple, guys. We are picking spreads. We are picking point totals. We will give you a parlay at the end of the episode. We are also going to have an upset special each week, which is going to involve us picking a team that is a three-point or more underdog to win outright. Charlie, how do you feel about suspending the upset special for week one, though? I think that's a great idea. And I say that just because there's not really a ton of games that qualify. I mean, if you're picking an upset special, you're Pretty much going to be picking a team that's like a 20 or more point underdog. And I mean, the odds of that happening are are very, very small. So we will have those week two for you guys and we'll have them the rest of the season. But week one, unless you just see something you like, Charlie, all of a sudden, we're going to suspend that. But we'll, we'll have those for you guys the rest of the season. And we will get to all of those picks in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you guys really quickly about our new Glory UGA YouTube channel. I know a ton of you have already subscribed. I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you for that. Thank you for watching. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the subscriptions. All of those things. Greatly appreciated. But I do want to just throw this out at you guys. We're going to try something totally new that I have never done before. I wanted to do a season predictions episode this week, but honestly, I just didn't have time because we had to get three episodes out and back-to-back-to-back nights because with Thursday kind of kicking off the college football season in earnest, we kind of had to move everything up a day or two. So I just haven't had time to sit down and do the video like I wanted to do, but I want there to be content on the YouTube channel. So we're going to try something a little bit different that is not as time intensive up front for me this week because I just didn't have as much time. I'm going to do a YouTube live video for the very first time. Never done this. I've done some practice behind the scenes, looked into it, worked on it, think I figured it out. 
And I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to be another way for you and I to be able to interact because that's what we're about, guys. Like, this show is for you guys. That's why we started this show nine years ago. That's why we're still doing it. We wanted to create a place where you guys, diehard fans, can come and get some Georgia content designed specifically for them. That's what this is all about. So I think it's going to be a really cool way for us to do that. I am going to be going live at 7 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, and I don't have a set time for how long it's going to last. It just kind of depends on who shows up. I have no idea what to expect. I don't know how many people will show up, but we're going to give it a shot and see how it goes, and it's really just going to be an opportunity for you guys to ask me all your last-second questions leading into the 2023 season. I wanted to do a full-on mailbag episode here on the podcast this week. Couldn't quite fit in, but I figured why not? do it on the YouTube channel. Hey, we have this channel now. That's kind of what these things are for. And it might be a, a cool, unique way to interact with you guys. So if you're already subscribed to the channel, seven o'clock sharp tomorrow, Eastern, make sure you're there. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that now. It's just go to YouTube, type in Glory UGA podcast, pull up our channel, go ahead and subscribe. And you guys can join as well. We're gonna have the chat open. You can ask a bunch of questions. Basically, you're gonna do an open Q&A and I'm going to answer any and all questions that I possibly can, whether it's team stuff, recruiting, national stuff, SEC stuff, whatever you want me to talk about, I am going to talk about. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Make sure to jump on 7 o'clock Eastern tomorrow night, as in Thursday night. All right, so there's that. But Charlie, when you look at this slate, how do you feel? I mean, I, obviously we're excited that college football is back. I mean, I guess it was back last week, but it is back in earnest now. But when you look at this slate, I mean, how do you feel about this week one slate? I mean, there's a good game here and there, but for the most part, it's uninspiring, I guess. I think uninspiring is, is the right word, Charlie. I'd say there's a there's one game I'm really excited about on Thursday night with Utah and Florida, which I think we're going to kind of open things with here in a minute. There's a game or two on Saturday I find kind of compelling. I think, I, I mean, TCU, I expect to, to wax Colorado, but still somewhat of a compelling game with Coach Prime in his first game. North Carolina, South Carolina in prime time is going to be an interesting game. Then you have the Florida State LSU game on Sunday. So there's a game or two each day, but there's not an overwhelming number of big time games, but it's still college football. We're going to love this. And then week two, Charlie, it picks up big time in week two, a ton of big time games. So we'll get through this week, not the, not the sexiest slate, but next week we're going to have a ton of games to break down and choose from. Okay, well, let's dive in. So the college football season, as you said, technically started last week with week zero, but things get real on Thursday when Florida travels out west to the Great Salt Lake to take on Utah. The line opened around 10 earlier in the summer, but with the uncertainty around the availability of Utah's quarterback Cam Rising, he still hasn't been cleared from his ACL injury. He has injury. not, and I'm kind of freaking out about it, Charlie, because I have Utah over eight and a half, and this is not good. This is not yeah. good for me. So the line has plummeted all the way down to four and a half as of Wednesday evening. Um, this is my first pick, and I think you have a pick on this too. I did. Well, maybe, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort Well, that's not an answer. Okay, well, my pick, I'm going to go with Utah minus four and a half. I know Cam Rising is a question mark currently, but I just, yeah, I, I really want Utah. It's a better team than Florida. Yes. And it's at home. They lost to four last year. So, I mean, I don't know how much the revenge factor really plays into it, but there is somewhat of a revenge factor there. Do I have to pick this one against the spread, Charlie? You told me we were picking against spreads. No, we are picking against the spread, but do I have to pick this game? No. I know. It's just, I just I feel like I need to pick this game because this is one of the marquee games of the of the first weekend. So I'm going to give you guys my my lean here. I guess we'll call it a pick. I do not feel confident in this one. I'm going to put that out there. So don't don't run to the window and put this bet down just based on what I'm saying because I don't feel really confident in this one at all. I do think Utah's a better team. 
with or without Camerizing, but Camerizing not playing certainly reduces the margins here. And I think it does give Florida much more of a chance. If Camerizing was fully healthy, which I, I, I thought he was going to be, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. All offseason long, what we were hearing is Camerizing is going to be fine. He's going to be ready to go week one. All good. And that's what I put my faith in. That's why I put a win total bet on them going over eight and a half. Now, part of that was because I really like the juice. Got plus juice on that. But the other big part of it is Camerizing as essentially a third-year starter coming back for a year that I didn't think he was going to come back for. I thought he was going to go pro. Really, he would have gone pro if it wasn't for the knee injury late last year. So I um, I am nervous about this one. I do. I just really like the way that Utah is built. This is a physical downhill running attack. Plays good defense. They run up play action. They look a lot like us, to be honest with you. They throw their tight ends heavily. They they don't have elite playmakers at receiver. They have this young guy, Mikey Matthews, is a freshman who they are extraordinarily high on. He barely had just a, a killer camp, and I think he's in, he might end up being their best receiver. I think Utah is going to find a way to win this game. Question is, are they going to win by four and a half? I. I, I'm going to say yes, Charlie. I'm going to give Utah the win here by a touchdown. Graham Mertz, Florida fan, Florida, I shouldn't say just Florida fans. The Florida coaching staff seems to be very high on Graham Mertz. As I've said all offseason, we have seen nothing for him to suggest that he is going to be a big-time quarterback that's capable of leading them to victories like this one on the road at Utah. But maybe that he was just vastly underutilized and misused at at, uh, at Wisconsin. Maybe that's the case. I just I haven't seen it. I have to see it to believe it from Graham Mertz, and maybe he'll make me a believer. Maybe he will on Thursday. I'm hoping not because I do have this bet on Utah, and also I just hate Florida, and I just, on principle alone, want Florida to lose. So give me the Utes here. I think they're stronger on the lines of scrimmage. Rice Eccles Stadium is one of the more underrated environments in all of college football. You have the must, the mighty Utah student section that goes crazy for each and every game. And there's still a chance that Cam Rising is going to play. It's looking less and less likely with each passing day, but he has not been officially ruled out. Kyle Whittingham, the Utah coach, said that they were going to go all the way up to like the 10 minutes before the game, before they had to make a decision. So there's still a chance. I'm not super confident he's going to play, but I'm also not completely ruling it out. But if he does not play, the guy that will play in his place, Bryson Barnes started a game last year with them against Washington State, a game that they won against a bowl team. Washington State did go to a bowl last year. So he has seen live bullets. He's been in live action in meaningful situations. It's not a guy that's completely green. I do think that it's going to be a tight game without Cam Rising if he does not play. But I think that Utah at home, the experience they have on defense, the lines of scrimmage being strong, Barnes having some experience at quarterback, Give me Utah to edge out Florida. It's gonna be closer than I want it to be, but I, I'm gonna take the Utes to edge out Florida. I, give me, I, I'd say like six to seven points here. All right. Well, things really get started on Saturday with Coach Prime's first Power Five game as Colorado travels to Fort Worth to take on TCU in a game that will be a conference game next year. Next season. Next, next season year. will be a conference game. Uh, last time we saw TCU, they were humiliated by the largest margin in bowl history in a 65-7 to loss to Georgia, the national I champions. still can't believe that game. I mean, we were we were so much better than them, but 65-7, that's just, I can't get over that. It's incredible. I'm glad I didn't spend the money to go see 65-7. to Yeah, that's on you. You never yeah. get that back, Charlie. I'm okay with that's that. A, that's on you. But... TCU is still a good program, and they're heading in the right direction. Chandler Morris will be taking over for Max Duggan at quarterback, and Kendall Bryles is taking over the reins of the Horned Frogs offense from Garrett Riley. We will find out very quickly if Coach Prime brought his Louie with him to Colorado. Brought that Louie. We'll find out, Charlie. That's exactly right. We're going to find out real quick when this thing kicks off Saturday at noon. Now, I know it's Coach Prime's first season. I... I want TCU to like just 
I want them to destroy them. I want the yes. Colorado talk to stop. I, I agree. However, I think 20 and a half is a lot. And so I am unfortunately going to pick the Colorado Buffaloes to cover the 20 and a half. I don't know, Charlie. You might be right. But this is a Colorado team that's basically been put together from scratch. And I'm talking like broken down to the bones and put all the way back together with a bunch of transfers. Shadur Sanders is probably going to be a solid Power 5 quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be elite. I think probably solid is what you should expect from him. Travis Hunter is awesome, but it's two guys. That's two guys. That's the only two guys that we really know of at Colorado. And I don't believe that TCU is going to be remotely close to what they were last year. But it's still a good TCU team. It's still a team that's going to win eight or nine games. Chandler Morris, let's not forget, was the starting quarterback to open last season. He went down in week one with an injury. Max Duggan comes in and saves the day, and the rest is history. He actually came in against Colorado week one. And uh, Chandler Morris has played a lot of football. He's been around. He's played some football, started some games for them. They really went out and attacked the transfer portal and added a bunch of skill guys to really help out Chandler Morris. I think they're going to be pretty good defensively. They were a solid defense last year. I think in year two, they'll be even better. There is no Garrett Riley. He's over at Clemson. You're right, Charlie. But Kendall Browse has been a really good offense coordinator for a while now. So I don't think there's going to be much of a, of a step down there when you, when you factor in Kendall Browse experience, the experience at quarterback with, with Chandler Morris. So I think that TCU is going to put it on Colorado. I really do. I, I don't know if it'll be like a 40-point game, but I'm expecting them to win by 28-plus points in this one. Moving on to Saturday, the premier game on Saturday night, features North Carolina and South Carolina meeting in Charlotte in a matchup of the 2021 Belk Bowl that was won by the Gamecocks. On paper, these two are evenly matched, which is why the line is sitting at UNC minus 2.5 just three days before kickoff. And it's a toss-up to me. This is, this is a classic toss-up game. But I am going to pick it because I think Drake May is the difference. So I am going to take UNC minus 2.5. I think that's a really solid pick there, Charlie. When it's a, when it's a tight spread like this, and you're right, I mean, on paper, if it's two and a half, that's the books basically telling you they, they think this is a toss-up, which I think is fair. When you look at these two teams, I, I think this is a quintessential toss-up type game, and I love what you said there. I think when you have a toss-up type game like this one, you look at the quarterback position because that is the most important position on the field. We all know that. And Drake May is just better than Spencer Rattler. I don't care what South Carolina fans want to say about how he ended the season against Tennessee, how he ended the game against Clemson. He also didn't play that well against Notre Dame in the bowl game. There's that too. People just conveniently don't want to talk about that because that doesn't really fit the narrative. Spencer Rattler has the ability to play at a really high level. You just never know what you're going to get from the guy. Drake May was awesome all year long. He was consistently great. You cannot say the same thing about Spencer Rattler. Now, my big question about North Carolina right now is Devontae Walker. He's a guy that transferred in from Kent State. He's a big-time receiver. He was going to be their number one guy, and he might still be their number one guy. Problem is, he has not been cleared to play by the NCAA. The NCAA is an absolute joke of an organization. Devontae Walker initially was at a, a JUCO school that didn't play in his freshman year, during the COVID year, ends up going to Kent State, plays there for a couple years, transfers back home to North Carolina. He was, before going to college, was the legal guardian of his grandmother. She is very, very sick right now, moves back to North Carolina to be closer to her, and the NCAA is now saying that they're not going to approve his waiver. Even though he transferred prior to the NCAA going back and changing their own rule. The rule was, 
there was you could transfer two, three times. It didn't matter. Remember, they temporarily changed that for a year or two. Well, then this summer, they went back and, and changed it back and said, no, you can only transfer one time penalty-free. The dude had already transferred. So they denied his waiver in the early summer. It's on appeal right now, and they are still waiting for the appeal to be heard as we're sitting here on Wednesday night. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I think it's insane that they're stringing it out like this. Just tell the guy. One way or the other, just absolutely tell the guy. Listen to the appeal and let them know, make a decision here. But that's not the case. So if he plays, I certainly like North Carolina's chances. If not, I still think they can win the game because I do believe in Drake May. But I, I think without a, a true elite top number one receiver, because there's no Josh Downs anymore, that does make it a little more interesting there. And Antoine Wells, Juice Wells for South Carolina was banged up, but he is cleared. He is going to be ready to play. So that does give Spencer Rattler a weapon to work with on the outside. I am with you, Charlie. I don't, this is another one, just like Utah and Florida, I would not probably normally pick this one, but since it is week one and we don't have a ton of big time games, I want to give you guys my picks on at least the few big games that we do have. So I'm going to go North Carolina minus two and a half. I don't feel super confident in that one, but I, I am with you, Charlie. I think that Drake May is the difference here. He is the elite quarterback in this game. Spencer Eller has the ability to play at an elite level, but you just don't know what you're going to get. I have confidence that I'm going to get elite play from Drake May. All right, now we have to wait until Sunday for the marquee matchup of week one when number five LSU and number eight FSU clash in Orlando in a rematch of a very tight game played between the two teams last year in New Orleans. Uh, I see this game as another toss-up, and the book seemingly agrees with me as the line is currently sitting at two and a half in favor of LSU right now. The Knolls beat the Tigers in NOLA last season. But that was Brian Kelly's first game as the LSU head coach. Both teams return a lot of talent as both teams are inside the top 32 of Bill Connolly's returning production rankings. Now, I know I said it was Brian Kelly's first year last season. However, I do have FSU in the college football playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. So I am going to bet on this one, and I'm going with FSU plus two and a half. Yeah, Charlie, I really... Do not want to agree with you on this one. I really very much want LSU to win this football game. But I do think Florida State's going to win. I really do. I, like you, I have Florida State in the college football playoff. This is certainly a game LSU can win. But as we said on our predictions episode earlier in the week, I think LSU's at least a nine-win team. I just don't know if they're an elite, like an 11-win team, like a true national title contender like some people tend to believe they are right now. And I, I just don't know if I see that. I think they're really good in their front six on defense. I have major questions about the back end with LSU. I also don't know if they have elite skill talent. I think that Malik Neighbors is a really, really good receiver, but people talk about him like he's one of the top three receivers in the country. I, I don't know about that. I have not seen that. I do like Taylor, Mason Taylor at tight end. I think he's really, really good. They have just a couple of guys at running back. They don't really have anyone that scares you at running back. The guy that maybe could be a dude for them, John Emery, is not going to play week one. They're also without Mason Smith, who is their future first-round NFL draft pick on the interior of that defensive line. Now, Makai Wingo is really good too, but I mean, Mason Smith is a former five-star, one of the top recruits in the country a couple years back, and he got hurt in the game against Florida State last year, missed all of 2022 after that. He's supposed to be back, but he's gotten suspended for doing some autographs, like I think like one month before the NIL stuff kind of went into effect, which is also kind of just whatever, man, and Civil A doing its thing. But he is out for this game. And in a game where the margins are that small, you're without your t the guy that's the most talented running back on your team. You're without this future first round draft pick on the interior defensive line. That certainly could impact this game. I think that 
there's there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, clearly. I really like this Florida State team. I think Jordan Travis is really, really good. I think Trey Benson might be one of the, one of the best running backs in the country. They have two studs at receiver. I don't think they're dominant on defense, but I think they're every bit as good as LSU is on defense. So, with this game also being played in the state of Florida, I don't know how much that matters. It's technically a neutral site, but it's in Orlando. I'm going to take the Knowles here. This is me trying to be a good better and to go with my head over my heart because I am. this just sucks. I want to root for LSU, but now that I'm picking Florida State, I kind of have to root for Florida State. So I hate doing this. I honestly do. But I'm trying to give you guys the picks here for some of these big games. Again, there's not that many of them in week one. All right, we wrap the weekend up with a very uncompelling matchup between Clemson and Duke. I know Duke won nine games last year, but, I mean, it's Duke. It's Duke, Charlie. Not, right? not a super sexy team. There's nothing exciting about Duke. I will say at least it's being played on a college campus and not a neutral site, so there's that. I think neutral sites should be illegal for regular season games. They should be illegal. Outlawed. Ban them. Agreed. Clemson enters the season projected to win the ACC, and Duke enters the season with a win total of six and a half. But despite that, Clemson is only a 12.5-point road favorite. Um, The rest of the slate isn't all that inspiring in terms of featured games, so we're just going to go ahead and I am going to pick this game, and then we'll move on to other games. I am going to take Clemson minus 12.5. I think it's an easy one, and yeah. Yeah, I'm with you here, Charlie. Duke, you're right. They won nine games last year. That schedule was extraordinarily easy, even by ACC standards. They missed a lot of the big-time teams in the ACC, at least the few teams that were good in the ACC. This year, it's not the case. Their schedule comes back around, and it's it's pretty tough for them. So I don't. I, I'm with you. I think that this is a team that it was kind of misleading the nine wins last year. I do think that Riley Leonard is a good quarterback, but he's not an elite guy. He's not a difference maker in the way that he's like going to go out there and beat Clemson. That's just, he's not that kind of guy. He's good for Duke, but he's not an elite, like national type guy. I think Mike Elko's done a really good job. They're a much better coach than they have been. I mean, I know David Cutcliffe was a good coach and he raised their ceiling a little bit, but Mike Elko did a hell of a job in year one. I really like him. I think he's going to be in line for a bigger job here sooner rather than later. And I'm not a huge Clemson guy this year. I know some people are picking them to win the national title and at least get there. I don't, I don't see that. I think that Klubnik will be an upgrade over Ui Ungalale last year. They have some good talent on defense. It's not the same high-level talent they've had in years past, like during their national championship runs. They certainly don't have those kind of receivers, but they are better than Duke. And I do think they are more than 12 and a half points better than Duke, whether that game's on the road or not. Honestly, this game being at Duke does not matter whatsoever. That's, that is no home field advantage whatsoever to speak of. So I think Clemson's at least 14 points better than Duke. So give me the Tigers here on the road week one to start the ACC 1-0. and oh. And Charlie, I know that we've got a lot more to get to today, many more games to pick. But before we go any further, I got to stop here and remind you guys about our great friends at Alumni Hall. I told you guys wrong on Wednesday's episode. It's not the Nike Pegasus shoes that are going on sale. Those have been on sale for a month or so, which when they sent me the information, I thought that didn't sound right, but just some wires got crossed there. It's actually Air Maxes, Georgia-themed Air Maxes that are going on sale Thursday morning at 10 o'clock in-store and online. And guys, I'm telling you, they are going to go extremely fast. They always do. If you've not seen the sneak peeks, I I tweet this out, put it on, on Instagram, They are gorgeous. They are incredible looking shoes. So if you want your pair, get online at 10 o'clock, go to alumnihall.com, or if you're in the Athens area, stop by Alumni Hall in store and get your pair today. They will go fast, guys. You want to get your size 
before it's out of stock. And if you wear one of the popular sizes, the more common sizes, they will go extremely fast. So don't wait, guys. Get on it quickly. And while you're at it, pick up all of your 2023 game day gear at Alumni Hall. The shoes are part of the fit, right? But that's not the entire fit. You got to get the shirt, you get maybe some pants, a little belt action, maybe a hat, anything and everything that you need to outfit yourself for the 2023 football season. Alumni Hall has got you covered, guys. So stop in today in-store inside the Edgebridge Shopping Center or online at alumnihall.com. I know a lot of you are coming in town. It's an easy stop coming off 316. If you're coming that way, the Edgebridge Shopping Center is right there. Pick up your stuff, head on into town, and go about your day and have a hell of a football Saturday. All right, well, how many more picks do you have? I have two left before we hit the parlays. You have only two left? Yeah, I didn't see a lot I mean, there's there yeah, slim pickings. I have more than that. I probably have like five or six left. All right, so. so you go first. All right, I will do so. So remember, guys, there are not a ton of high-profile games. So I'm kind of going off the radar here with some of these games, but these are some games I actually feel really good about. Better than the games that we picked that were more of the feature games. I think some of those are toss-ups like we laid out there. I'm going to go to East Lansing, Michigan. Give me the Michigan State Spartans minus 14 over Central Michigan. I know that Michigan State face-planted last year, and I know because of that, the expectations for the Spartans and Mel Tucker coming into the season are not very high. This is a team that I was not high on last year. It was one of my win total wins last year. I had them under, what was it, like eight and a half, and that one hit easy. I didn't have to sweat that one out for a second. But this year, I think the Spartans can actually get back to bowl eligibility. I don't think they're going to be great. I know they lost like Keon Coleman, lost Peyton Thorne. I understand that. But I think there's enough talent there. I think Mel Tucker's done a good enough job in a couple years now recruiting the players to kind of fit their system to where they can get back to six or seven wins. I don't think it's a 9-10 win team, but six or seven wins, I think they can get there. Even if it is still a five-win team, as bad as they were last year, they still beat teams like Central Michigan very comfortably. They beat Western Michigan by 22. They beat Akron 52 to nothing last year. Central Michigan is a middle-of-the-pack MAC team. They're not the worst team. They're not the best team. They're smack dab right there in the middle of the pack. And while Michigan State might not be a great football team this year against other Power 5 opponents, against a middle-of-the-pack MAC team, they are certainly more than 14 points better than them, especially at home. So giving the Spartans minus 14 over Central Michigan, I'm going to go to the uh, great state of Georgia and talk about that other team in Georgia that no one cares about, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I have them losing, Charlie, to Louisville in Atlanta in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Louisville minus seven. This was minus seven and a half, but it's gotten down to seven on my bookie, at least right now. So I'm going to jump all over that. I think Louisville, with Brom coming in in his first year, I think this is a team that is pretty significantly better than Georgia Tech. I think Louisville could be an 8-9 win team potentially this year. One of the, I don't want to say top two or three teams in the ACC, but I think they can be a top tier-ish team in the ACC. I don't care this game's in Atlanta. I don't care that it's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Georgia Tech has no real fans. Louisville will will almost certainly have more fans there than Georgia Tech will, at least in my opinion, or close to it. So give me the Cardinals minus seven against Georgia Tech. Uh, One more here, Charlie, and I'll turn it over to you. I'm going to go back to the Big Ten Give me Purdue minus three and a half at home versus Fresno State. I don't understand this line. This, there's always a line or two every week where you look at it and you're like, man, somebody knows something I don't know. And those games usually kind of scare me. I get scared away from those games. And I almost got scared away from this one, but I am not allowing myself to be backed down. I like Purdue over, over Fresno in this game. Minus three and a half. That's crazy. I know that Purdue has a transition at, at head coach. Ryan Walters comes in as a longtime team's coordinator, a really good defense coordinator. That dude can coach defense, and that's kind of been the issue for Purdue. They've been great on offense under Brom, but defensively, that was a problem for them. 
and maybe their offense won't be as good under Ryan Walters, but that defense is going to take a massive step forward, I think, as early as year one. They also got Hudson Card transferring in from Texas, who has multiple games that he started at Texas. There was a battle with Quinn Ewers last year. Honestly, he played better than Quinn Ewers last year, but he has now transferred to Purdue. That guy is I don't know if he's an upgrade over what they had the past couple years, but he's certainly not much of a drop-off there. I think he's a good football player. And let's also not forget that Purdue is a team that won the Big Ten West last year. And they are also in the top half of the country in returning production. I think Purdue's going to be another solid team. I think they're going to be a, a bowl team again this year. Fresno State loses quarterback Jake Hayner, who'd started like 17 years in a row for them. They lose their best skill player in Jalen Moreno-Cropper. I don't understand this line. I really don't. So... It might be a trap, but it's a trap that I am gladly walking right into. Give me Purdue minus three and a half. I feel pretty good about this one. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to the Louisville-Georgia Tech game for a second because you just Did kept, I steal your thunder? You just kept going right on through to the next pick. Just smack me in the head, Charlie. Jump in here. It's okay. I didn't want to be rude. Uh, yeah, I'm also taking Louisville. All the reasons you said, minus seven over Georgia Tech. Why are they playing at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Because no one comes to Grant Field, Charlie. No one comes to their games. They're trying to inject some energy in the program by playing these. Some of these, like they're playing a couple of home games a year in Mercedes-Benz. Oh well, I don't like that. That seems dumb. No, it's terrible. But they have um, no fans. But anyways, Louisville over Georgia Tech. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Love that one. You want me to go again? Sure. All right, let's go. Let's go out west, Charlie. I've got Washington State. Minus 11 over Colorado State. These two teams played a year ago, and that was in a game that Washington State won 38-7. to Colorado State was terrible last year. They were 3-9, and and you might expect them to take a step forward this year, but they're only 62nd nationally in returning production. Like, how much of a step forward are you going to take? I mean, it's not the worst in the country, but they're not bringing back even their best players from last year. So I don't understand another one here. I don't understand the line. Why is this only minus 11? I know it's at Colorado State, all right? It's a big game for Colorado State because they normally don't get Power 5 opponents not named Colorado into their home field. So there is that. But Washington State's just a better football team. As they showed last year, they're 31 points better than last year. And Colorado State suddenly made up 20 points because this game is being played in Colorado Springs. I, I just don't get that. Cam Ward is back at quarterback for Washington State. So absolutely, give me the Cougs here, minus 11 on the road over Colorado State. All right, I only have one more pick. How many do you have? I have at least three, two or three. All right, go one more. All right, one more here, Charlie. I'm going to go, let's go to the Southwest. Give me UTSA. Give me those Roadrunners, minus two over Houston on the road. This game is being played in Houston. This was a hell of a week one game last year. I watched every second of it because I had a win total bet on Houston last year. This game went to triple overtime last year. I sweated this one out because I had Houston in this game. And UTSA pushed them to the absolute brink. Honestly, UTSA kind of blew the game late. Like They should have absolutely won that football game. And they have... Everyone coming back on offense except for their best receiver. They do have three of their four top receivers coming back. And they also have their quarterback, Frank Harris, who is the, the engine behind the whole thing. This was a top 15 offense last year. UTSA was one of the most fun offenses in the country to watch. Very high powered. Again, three of their top four receivers coming back. Frank Harris, a quarterback, coming back. And Houston loses a three-year starter at quarterback in Clayton Toon. They lose their best receiver, Nathaniel Dell. Houston was a major disappointment last year. That team should have probably, not probably, they should have won the AAC, like, based on the, the talent they had in that team. And they just, they kind of face-planted, more or less, I mean, based on what, what the preseason expectations were for Houston. So I think UTSA 
coming into Houston has much more momentum as a program. They have more motivation. They're moving up in the conference landscape. Houston's going to the Big 12, but I mean, Houston will probably be one of the two worst teams in the Big 12 along with Cincinnati. So I don't think this is a good Houston team. UTSA is a team that has a high-powered offense. I don't know what Houston does well right now coming into this season. UTSA doesn't play much defense. I will give them, I will say that, but they we they have a known quantity. They have an elite offense and a ton of talent coming back from that elite offense. So give me the Roadrunners minus two on the road over Houston. All right. My last pick is now. Just hear me out. I'm hearing you out. I know that Virginia is supposed to be horrible. They were dreadful last year, Charlie. But they're playing Tennessee. Who's supposed to be second in the SEC East, right? Yeah, okay. That's, that's those but the expectations. they also have Joe Milton at quarterback. And you're not a Joe Milton believer. I know that you're not. I am not. Well, I mean, how many schools did he play at? I mean, he played at Michigan, lost a job, played at Tennessee, lost a job. Now he's gotten the job back. Third time's a charm, maybe? Maybe. So the line is 28. I feel like that's a lot. That's a lot of points. But doesn't Tennessee run the score up on teams like this? I don't know. I, I just really don't want... Tennessee to score that much. So this is a this is a heart pick for you. Yeah, I fall victim to this sometimes too, Charlie. So I'm gonna go with the Who's plus twenty eight. I will say it's not in Knoxville. So I mean the fact that it's in Atlanta, a neutral site. I mean that think that helps. If this was in Knoxville, I think Charlie, I, they would they would beat them by twenty eight, and they might here. But I don't I don't think it's crazy. I don't I'm not gonna put money on this one. I'm not gonna bet on it. But uh, I I like where you're going with this. I, I like you going on a limb. And just doing this because you hate Tennessee. I can respect that, Charlie. When you make these hate picks, I can absolutely respect that because I'm not going to lie. I do this usually once a week just because I want to root against a team. So I can absolutely respect that. All right, I got a couple more here. Let's go. Let's go back out west. Give me BYU minus 20 over Sam Houston State. Sam Houston, the Bearcats with a K, are moving up to the FBS a lot like Jacksonville State if you watched them play last week against UTEP. This is Sam Houston's first FBS game. Unlike Jacksonville State, their first FBS game is not at home against an also-ran Conference USA team. They're playing BYU. I know you say BYU is their first year in the Power Conference. I know they've been independent the past couple years, guys, but BYU has played essentially a Power 5 schedule. I mean, if you look at the teams they play, I mean, that, that's what they've been doing. They are battle-tested. BYU also brings in Keaton Slovis, who, who's kind of been a journeyman, started at, at a USC, went to Pitt, didn't really mesh with Pat Narduzzi and their system. He left Pitt and is now at BYU, which I think is a better fit for them. Remember this name, guys, Cody Epps. Cody Epps is a really good receiver for BYU that I don't think anyone talks about. He briefly entered the transfer portal in the offseason, and BYU people were just devastated by that because he was going to be the guy. But he came back. He came back to Provo. He's still on the team, and he is going to be their best receiver. He might be one of the better receivers in the entire Big 12 this year. And let's not forget, Sam Houston State, when you are moving up from the FCS to the FBS, what is the biggest issue you have? It's lines of scrimmage. You don't have the beef. You don't have the dude. You don't have the size. Well, BYU has a bunch of 26-year-old dudes. If they have one thing, it's size. They are grown men. So BYU, I think, is just going to smash Sam Houston State in this game. And I, I love the Cougars here. I mean, I'm, I'm talking 28-plus points in this game. and be a very rude awakening for Sam Houston State. Now, Sam Houston State was good in the FCS. They were not, they were not good last year, like 7-5. and five. But, you know, prior to that, they, you know, were making deep runs in the FC, FCS playoffs. But... This is a different animal. Again, this is not like Jacksonville State playing UTEP. This is 
a big boy team, not an elite team, but a, a legitimate power five team. And I think BYU is going to smack around the Bearcats with a K. And last one for me, Charlie, before we get to our parlays, I've got Tulane, South Alabama. I'm not taking a side here. This is going to be an awesome game, by the way, that no one's talking about. Tulane, we know, famously won the AAC last year, beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. South Alabama was a, was a really good team last year in the Sun Belt, along with Troy. They were right there with Troy all year long. These two teams in week one matching up is a really good G5 matchup. I'm actually really excited to watch this one. And here's the thing about these two teams. They both featured really strong defenses last year, especially South Alabama. They were a top 26 defense last year, guys. And they when they played Troy last year, which was another really good G5 game, I know most people wouldn't like to watch that game because it was kind of an ugly game. It was 10-6. But they play really good defense, guys. They are a really good defense. Tulane also plays good defense. I like the under in this one. I think it's two really good G5 teams that feature good defenses. They both have a good amount of talent returning this year. So give me the under 52.5 in Tulane, South Alabama. All right. Let's go into the parlays. You ready? Let's go. Do you have one parlay or more than one? Well, I only have one parlay. It's week one, Charlie. I will say this, guys. Week one, I'm always very conservative in my wagers because I don't know. Like We think we know. We spend all offseason talking about what we think we know, but we just think we know. We don't really know. We're going to find out. As Charlie said, like with Coach Prime, we're going to find out if he brought that Louie after all. We'll find out. So I don't go too deep on week one, but of course, it's you know we only have... 13 or so weeks plus bowl season to bet. So you got you got to put some wagers down. But I would just caution you to not go all in in week one, even though it's been eight months since we've been able to bet on college football. Take it slowly. Find a few games you like. And then once you kind of figure out a little bit more about these teams, then you can go in heavy, which at least that's kind of how I approach it. And always bet responsibly. Always bet responsibly. But bet responsibly with my bookie. All right. I have a 14 parlay that ends up being plus 127. All money line, obviously. Uh, this ends up with Louisville over Georgia Tech, Texas Tech over Wyoming, Clemson over Duke, and Liberty over Bowling Green. So let me get that right. You got Louisville, you've got Texas Tech over Wyoming, Clemson over Duke, and you got Liberty over Bowling Green. Okay, so I'm putting this in my phone because, guys, Charlie, uh, as much as we love Charlie, she eternally lives in 1995. She doesn't understand the concept of like spreadsheets and computers. So we're sitting here looking at her. This is a spreadsheet. It's a it's a notebook, Charlie. It's a spreadsheet. That is not a spreadsheet. A spreadsheet is a digital it's concept. A spreadsheet written by hand. I, I don't compute. I don't understand. No, it's not. It is a notebook. It's a sheet of paper. Right. A spreadsheet is a digital thing on a computer. It's. It you ever heard of Excel? Its, it does its job. Google Sheets. Okay, I guess it, it does its job for you, but I, I need these things digitally. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a digital man. Let's go. Um, at least I don't live in 1995 anymore. What a time that was, though. All right, my parlay, I'm going a little bit, uh, I say conservative. I think this is still conservative. I've got Louisville, like Charlie. I've got Utah over Florida. Now, this was my original. I didn't want to pick a side in Utah, Florida, as I said at the outset. But for you guys, I'm, I gave you my lean there. But I do like Utah to win the game. Might not be by four and a half, but I like Utah to win the game. And this, that, you know, Charlie, you went with a heart pick with uh, with Virginia to cover Tennessee. I'm not going to lie. It's probably a little bit of a heart pick there if Cam Rising's not playing. But you know what? We're going to roll with it. Week one, Louisville, Utah. Give me Illinois. I really like Illinois this year. I told you guys earlier in the week that is one of my win total favorites of the season for them to go over six and a half. I think that one's crazy. That's easy money. Just print that money. They're playing Toledo, who is one of the best teams in the MAC. I recognize that. They might win the MAC this year. Probably them or Ohio would be the favorites. But I like this Illinois team. It's at home. 
It's nine and a half. I thought about the spread. I backed off the spread. Nine and a half. I don't know if they're going to win by nine and a half because Toledo is a good Mac football team. But I still like Illinois to win this game. Illinois is really, really strong along the lines of scrimmage. And that's typically where you have an advantage over a MAC team. Because MAC teams, the, even the good ones, they're really good at skill positions. They don't have the size to match up with the big boys that are really good on the lines of scrimmage. And that's what Illinois is. So give me Illinois uh, straight up to beat Toledo. And I'm also going to throw in Rutgers over Northwestern at home. So you put those four teams together, Louisville, Utah, Illinois, Rutgers, all on the money line, all on the money line. And that adds up to plus 236 odds. So that is my parlay of the week, Charlie. All right. You want to go through all of them before we get out of here? Yeah, but do you have any upset specials as we're going through things? Any last second thoughts? We said we weren't doing upset specials. Unless you found one. You didn't find one. No. Did you? Uh, No, I'm good. At least for right now. You go through them. As you're going through, I'll look over things one more time and see if I like something. All right. I have Utah minus four and a half over Florida. Colorado plus 20 and a half over TC at TCU. Um, UNC minus two and a half against South Carolina. FSU plus two and a half against LSU. Clemson minus 12 and a half. Louisville minus seven um, in Atlanta against Georgia Tech. And Virginia plus 28 against Tennessee, which I know everyone's laughing at me right now, but. You know what? You know what, Charlie? You might have that last laugh. I might. I might. My parlay was Louisville over Georgia Tech, Texas Tech over Wyoming, Clemson over Duke, and Liberty over Bowling Green for plus 127. All right. On the other side of things, I have Utah over Florida minus four and a half. I don't love that one, but, you know, I guess put on the card. Put on the card. I like TCU minus 20 and a half over Colorado. Feel better about that one. Uh, another one I don't feel great about, toss-up, but trying to pick these these big games for you. UNC minus 2.5 over South Carolina. Florida State plus 2.5. That's my head-over-heart play. Florida State over two, plus 2.5 two over LSU. That's almost an upset special, Charlie. That's like half a point away from being an upset special. Doesn't qualify. Doesn't count. Clemson minus 12.5 over Duke. Do like that one. Uh, Michigan State minus 14 over Central Michigan. Really like that one. Louisville minus 7 over Tech. Do like that one. Love Purdue minus 3.5 over Fresno at home. Washington State minus 11 over Colorado State. UTSA, the Roadrunners pulling the... Well, it's not an upset because they're actually favored in this one. But I think the, the national college football world would probably consider that an upset. But the odds makers do not. But give me UTSA minus 2 over Houston. BYU minus 20 over Sam Houston State in their FBS debut. Give me Tulane... Versus South Alabama under 52 and a half. And with my parlay, give me Louisville over Georgia Tech, Utah over Florida, Illinois over Toledo, and Rutgers over Northwestern at plus 236 odds. I'm going to throw this out there, guys, just as a reminder, very friendly reminder. If you are going to put any parlay on, on, your, on your card, if you're going to take this parlay, Charlie's parlay, whatever parlay you want, and you hit the first couple legs and you're sweating out that last one late in the day, my bookie has a brand new cash out option. So if you hit the first two or three legs and you're like, dude, I don't even want to risk it. I just want to go ahead and take my money while I can. You can cash out immediately. So take advantage of that, guys. If you're like me, I love these parlays, guys. Honestly, I usually win more money off parlays than I do anything else because I uh, I can hit some big ones every now and then. So just remember, cash out option, cash out early option, my bookie, do yourself a favor and don't let it necessarily go to that last game. You can ride it if you want, but if you're like me, that's always that last one that ends up costing you. Well, that's it for this week's pick show. All right, Charlie. Well, I guess that does it for week one. I know you're not super excited about the slate, but it's football. Come on, get excited, Charlie. I need you to get excited for me. Can let's, you do that? Let's go. That's all you've got? Go dogs. 
I guess. I guess we'll have to live with that. Okay, fine. I, I'll do it for you. How about that? Uh -huh. I'll get excited for you. All right, guys. Thank you for being here. This is the first of many Picks of the Week's episode that we will have each and every week. We try to get Curtis's picks. He did not get his picks to us in enough time for today's episode, but maybe hopefully we'll have it for you guys the rest of the season. Uh, that's the plan, at least. But thank you for being here, guys. We always have a lot of fun doing these episodes. It's just fun to talk college football. Obviously, this is a Georgia podcast. We did not pick Georgia because there's not a line out as of right now for the Georgia UT Martin game. Typically, we would lead with the Georgia game, but we couldn't do that today because there is no line because we're playing a ridiculous game that no one wants to see us play. But whatever. It's college football. It's back. There's nothing better than that. Don't forget to sign up for a brand new account at MyBookie. It's simple, guys. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code UGA. Take these picks, whatever picks that you want to take, and put them to use. Put your football knowledge to use and win some money this football season, guys. Again, MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code UGA. But for Charlie, I'm Tyler. Have an incredible football weekend, guys. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>